Well, hello there. Welcome to Talking with Tigglesworth. My name is RJL Tigglesworth, and I'm at your service. If you want to contact us, info at freedomwithintherapy.com, Twitter at vet underscore therapist, and Facebook at Freedom Within LLC. Mike and I are so glad you joined us today for this episode of Talking with Tigglesworth. You have a good day now, yo. Well, good morning to you. This is Mike from Freedom Within LLC and uh, just doing another podcast. Number five today. Number five. So, so happy to have y'all here listening to me. I don't know. Um, we're hitting some higher numbers this week. So I think that last uh, podcast we did got, I don't know, somewhere in the, in the world of 150 or so downloads, which is which is pretty good. So today, same old, same old. How are we going to start off this podcast? Because I'm going to make it like a ritual. We're going to start this podcast off by asking you one simple question. What did you do for self-care this week, right? It is the most important thing, I believe, in our lives right now is to ensure that we are getting proper rest. We're getting the ability to do some things for ourselves that that we want to um, make sure uh, makes us happy, right? And so self-care, self-care this week for me was a little different than than in previous week. Um, I mean, not so much different, but it was different. Uh, self-care this week was uh, continuing to do the bike, continuing to do the, the elliptical that I got on Tuesday. So that was pretty good. They got the elliptical set up and got the uh, exercise bike set up. And now I am riding away. So this morning I got up and I did 10 miles on the bicycle and I did about, I mean, on the, uh, uh, yeah, the bike. And I did about five miles or so on the elliptical and then went, took a shower, started drinking some coffee, started working on a new intro. Um, because if you, if you know anything about um, technology, which I'm not the best at, uh, I somehow deleted my file or I didn't save it correctly. So I had to create a new intro. So the colonel gave me a suggestion and he said, uh, he said, Mike, I want you to create an intro where I'm there. And so uh, that's what we did today. So the colonel's intro might be the one that sticks. Hopefully I saved it correctly. And um, I'm gonna gonna make sure that the colonel, his voice is heard a little bit more on the podcast because after all, it is called Talking with Tigglesworth, right? So the colonel's gonna have a special announcement towards the end of the uh, towards the end of the podcast. So if you continue to listen, you're gonna hear the colonel's announcement where he's he's uh, he's got some stuff in the works. And so so today I got a lot of emails this week, mostly mo- not necessarily emails. I got a few emails, but I got a lot of uh, messages through either uh, Facebook direct messenger or the uh, Twitter or a few people sent text to me that, that know me personally. And they said suggestions for the show. Uh, one of the suggestions came from a listener that we have and her alias is Big Mama Coop. So that's the that's the alias that she wanted to use. And she had some suggestions and other people had suggestions along the way um, to talk about different issues. Some people told me that, you look, just stick to straight veterans issues. Other people told me, stick to more general issues. Some people said sprinkle on a little bit of both. So everyone's got their uh, their thoughts and their opinions, and I'm not sure which way we're going to go with this thing now. But I know that I am passionate about a few different things. I'm passionate about veterans. I'm passionate about families. I'm passionate about marriage and family therapy. I'm passionate about helping people achieve the goals that they want to achieve. So that's what the show is going to be about. And hopefully we continue to get listeners. We've had a few people tweet us out and, and get others on their list to tweet us out. So that's been great. So I want to start off the show by, by saying there's a difference between depression 
grief, blues, and a lot of people don't necessarily know that that difference, right? Because it, the very similar characteristics with everything between depression, blues, grief, and 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 sometimes you may not know which which is which. And so some of the things that we want to talk about today is is how do we know the differences between them? And what do we do about it, most importantly, because we can name anything we want, but what do we do with that? And so some of the signs of depression are, and you might know these, there's a lot of military and veterans with, with depression and anxiety and a lot of families with depression and anxiety, especially when, when soldier or sailor or marine or airman goes off to deployment. Sometimes that creates a, a depressive state for not only the service member, but sometimes for the, uh, the spouse as well. Um, or the family members left behind. So sleep disturbances, you know, we have sleep disturbances like insomnia or sleeping too much. So sometimes we can get one or the other and sometimes we can get both. So we have, we're, we're so exhausted because we have insomnia that when we fall asleep, we, we stay asleep for a while. And, and you know, as we talked about in previous episodes, doctors, especially the VA, they like to throw uh, uh, sleeping pills at you. Not so much in, in the active military, I don't believe that they're throwing as many sleeping pills at people, but I know the VA likes to throw a lot of sleeping pills at us. So keeps us, keeps us subdued, I guess. Being tired and having a lack of energy. So where even small tasks are going to be an issue for you. So if you, it, it, you know, say you have to uh, sweep the floor and, and mop the floor or whatever, or get some dishes done after you cooked. And those tasks just seem like it's it's a um, it's a hassle and it's a big deal. And, and you just can't muster up the energy for it. You may want to just pay attention to that something may be going on with that. A reduced appetite or weight loss or the opposite. See, a lot of these symptoms are the opposites as well. So in the DSM, they cover a list of these symptoms and and a lot of times it's it can be either or it can be both but it's a way for for clinicians to understand and diagnose the the the, the mental health disorder that they're going to call so reduce appetite weight or weight loss or increased cravings for food and weight gain so both of those can be symptoms of depression if if it's coupled with other things. So just because you gain a little bit of weight doesn't mean you're depressed. Just because you lost weight doesn't mean you're depressed. I mean, hell, I, I hope to lose some weight because I've been doing the exercise stuff. So and if I lose weight, I'm sure the hell not going to be depressed about it because I, I need to lose some. Having anxiety, uh, agitation or restlessness that goes hand in hand with um, depression and slow thinking, speaking or body movements. So if you're just very lethargic or if you if you're slow and you're thinking and you're, you're trying to process things and you just you're not processing at the same speed that you that you used to process or you you somebody asks you a question and you just can't can't muster up an answer for them. And it's not because you don't know the information. It could be something that you're good at. It could be your career that that you understand very well. But if you're having some of these symptoms of depression, you may not be able to do that. So feeling worthless or guilty about something or fixating on past failures or past blames or self-blaming yourself, uh, that's symptoms of depression. And we want to be able to focus on that. So if you came to my office and we talked about past guilt, past failures, we would we would dive into that and, and, and try to understand why why you're focusing so much on on what you perceive that you haven't accomplished as opposed to the things that you might have accomplished in your life. 
but you're not giving yourself credit for. So when you think of this depression, you think of you have this this cloud, um, and you might have seen the commercials where for the for the pharmaceutical companies, and they had this little cloud that follows around people, and they just kind of you walk the little lady, the cartoon characters walking down the street, and, and have this little cloud over our head, and 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 it, that's the depression cloud, and that's what people describe it as is that is that it we just can't. We can't get loose of that cloud and it's always there and it's just sitting there and no matter what we're doing, it's not helping. And and the way I describe depression a lot, it's, uh, it's kind of like the chicken and the egg, right? So if you're depressed, um, you don't want to do too much, right? But doing things and doing something differently is what's going to help you get out of that depression and it's also going to help you to... to organize your life to where you're not feeling depressed and and there's different types of depression right so some a lot of them are based on neurochemicals in your in your brain and 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 what's going on there and that's where the medication kind of fixes it but also there's 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 more natural ways to to help fix what you're missing in your body as opposed to pharmaceuticals so when i when i when i talk to people about depression i talk to them about what can we do to to fix this more naturally um, before we try the the medication route, I mean, I'm not a prescriber, so I wouldn't give it to them anyway. Um, I would, they would be referred to their either a primary care provider or referred to a psychiatrist or something. But that's the point. People people don't often want to, they don't want to make that change when they're in that state. But it's making that change that helps you to get out of that state. It's 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 like weight loss in a sense. I'm too tired to go do to go exercise because I'm overweight, but yet. I'm not going to lose weight until I get out there and start exercising. So it's the chicken and the egg concept again. So that's that's what a lot of this depression stuff is. And 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 talking, just talking with someone, uh, a therapist or uh, a friend, if 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 they're supportive, it can help get that ball rolling for you and for your family members. So if you notice that your family members are having some of these symptoms, then these are things to work look out for. And this is what this show is about today. So also trouble thinking, concentrating, making decisions. Remember we just said that about about uh, uh even if it's stuff stuff that you know, it's hard to make a decision. It's hard to be concise about it. Uh, many people report that they're very indecisive when they are suffering from their depression. Um, and sometimes their depression comes in waves. So uh, unexplained physical problems such as back pains and headaches. Sometimes people with depression report that. Um, and and sometimes the depression is due to injuries, right? So I remember when I first got out of the military and, and I got hurt, I got I, I have a back injury from, from Iraq with a, a bunch of other stuff going on with me, you know, hearing loss and shit like that neuropathy all kinds of all kinds of shit that most veterans have but when i kind of realized that i couldn't physically do some of the stuff that that i once did right i couldn't go hiking anymore because my back would kill me after i was done i mean yeah i could physically go try to do it my legs worked but was it worth it after getting back and spending six, six, seven hours laying in bed and, you know, another day or so trying to recuperate, was it worth it? And to me, that kind of sat in for me. And, and luckily I had enough things going on in my life at that point. I was going back to grad school. I was, uh, I was, I was working in a nonprofit. Uh, my, my kids were really young at the time. My daughter was uh, three or so when I first got out. So my son wasn't born yet. So I had enough things that made me stay busy that I was able to kind of get up from under that cloud. But it, it, it really hit me just knowing that I couldn't do the things that I, that I once did at the same capacity that I once did it was really, uh, was really depression, depressing to me. Frequent uh, thoughts of death and suicide, suicide attempts, that's a definite sign of something's going on with someone. 
And if you or your family members are having any of those, we want you to reach out and we want you to get the help that you need. Um, again, if you are in Louisiana or Washington state, you can, you could reach out to me because I'm licensed in both states. But if you're not in those states, then I want you to find a qualified provider in your state that can help you with that. Um, and, and, and even if you're in Louisiana or Washington, it doesn't have to be me. Just find someone that you can be comfortable with and uh, see them. So, but those symptoms are also going to be present with someone while they're grieving, right? Because grief is a, it's a common thing. People, we lose people in our lives. We die, people die, and we go through stages in grief and we, the stages are not linear. So I, I work, I'm working with a number of people right now who are grieving from people that they lost in their life. And, and we talk about the stages and we talk about how it's not, it's not just a linear process. It's, it's a circular process, right? You may one day be accepting the idea that, okay, I know this person has passed away. You're trying to, you're trying to understand it. And then you may get to the point to where you're finally there. You're like, okay, I'm feeling better. I know that this person's not coming back. And then all of a sudden, the next day you wake up and you're like, holy moly, I, I cannot believe that so-and-so is gone. And you kind of go right back into that denial phase, right? You denial and then you're bargaining and your depression and you have anger and finally you get to acceptance. And then, like I said, it can just rotate and go all over again. So there is no timeline for uh, for grief. Um, the DSM likes to say, okay, if you're grieving after, you know, so many months, I think they say, I'm not looking at it, but I think they say three months or so, uh, then go talk to someone because maybe it's more than just grief. But that's cultural too, right? Some cultures grieve for a long time. Um, some cultures have the mentality that, okay, this person's uh, gone. We have to we have to uh, move on. Um, and in some cultures celebrate death a lot more than other cultures. I know here in Louisiana, um, it is it's kind of like an honor if you get uh, a jazz funeral. That's the send off that you want here in Louisiana, and especially in New Orleans area. You want you want that jazz funeral. You want the people not to be sad about your passing, but you want them to find a reason to celebrate. And that that's what we do pretty good in Louisiana is we find a way to celebrate almost anything. We have hurricane parties. We have, you know, obviously sports parties and stuff like that. But uh, funerals can become a good gathering for us. And uh, and, and I think that kind of helps that grief process for us in, 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 in this culture. And it might be different wherever you live. But the, the ability to not be so sad, to, to, just ex, to just celebrate it and say, you know what? This person had a wonderful life and we're going to be here to celebrate that life. So grief is a... Grief is a very complicated thing, and and uh, it's most commonly caused by death of a loved one, but it can also be because of the loss of of our lifestyle, right? So in Louisiana right now, over in Lake Charles, and I mentioned this last week on the podcast, they had a really bad hurricane. Uh, hurricane Laura came through, and it ripped up a lot of stuff, and and even here. We are over a week beyond it, maybe almost two weeks beyond it. Uh, a lot of people still don't have power. A lot of people can't return to their homes. A lot of people are in hotels and and in New Orleans right now, you know, which is which is four or five hours away from them. Um, they're in hotels because a FEMA put them in there uh, because their homes are destroyed. That can cause grief, right? Even though you're alive, you're well, you know that you um, you're physically there. That can cause grief because you have a loss, you have a sadness that you, you might not get back the lifestyle that you had. And when you get into that grief, 
it, it can have an impact on your relationships with your friends, your families, can have an impact on your relationship with your coworkers. Uh, you may even withdraw from your professional life and your personal life. So there's a lot of people that, that I've come across um, through my time uh, as a therapist that have really pulled back the, on their own life. And they don't talk to the f- same friends anymore. They don't talk to family members anymore when they're either grieving or depressed. And grief, the definition that we give grief is that it's, it's going to pass, right? That it's going to somehow, uh, it's going to get better. It, a lot of it's through time. Most people don't go to therapy when someone dies. It's a small population, but when you can't get over it, you, you, you have to you have to seek help and and there's nothing wrong with talking to someone and sometimes grief therapy can take three weeks sometimes grief therapy can take three months sometimes grief therapy can take longer it just depends on the person their relationship with that other person and and their viewpoint of it that's that's an important thing is what is their viewpoint of it do you do you have a spiritual belief do you have a religious belief do you believe that do you believe in reincarnation do you believe that we We'll come back. If I'd be interested just to hear people's beliefs. I mean, you know, I, I respect everyone's beliefs and, and, and I have my own set of beliefs that have changed over the years. But email me at info at freedomwithintherapy.com or at Twitter at vet underscore therapist or the Facebook at Freedom Within LLC. And let me know if you, if you, if you want to direct message me too. I mean, it's private business. That's fine as well. What are your beliefs? You know, do you believe that you go to heaven? Do you believe that you go somewhere else? Do you believe that, uh, I mean, I, I see a lot of people on the veterans pages saying see you in Valhalla. So, you know, maybe, maybe you have a Viking in your, in your ancestry and that's where you think you're going to go. But if someone has a belief system, whatever it is, I've seen from my experiences that, that it's easier for them to, um, accept the death and know that it's going to be okay for their person, whoever died, because of their belief system. Most people believe that we go to a better place than we are in today. So when you have a loved one that dies and you think about, well, they were sick here or they were injured here, and now they're going to, a, to the place that I believe is better. So possibly they're, um, they're in a better position. And so we should try to be happy for them or understanding of them. I mean, not that they necessarily chose death. I mean, some people do. Some people um, complete suicide. And uh, that's, that's, a, that's a harder issue for, I think, people to grieve, from my experience at least. It's harder for someone to grieve when, when their family member has uh, completed suicide as opposed to died naturally or died through an accident. But a sudden death as well, sometimes it's harder to accept than than a, a a gradual death for someone who say was sick for many years and uh, passed on, but it doesn't make it any easier. It doesn't make it oh well because this person died of uh of cancer. It doesn't make it any easier than if someone got hit by a car. You know, yeah, the shock of it might be different, but it doesn't doesn't necessarily make it easier. So one of the questions that I that came up with me. Uh, this week was what can we do about it, right? And yeah, I mentioned that going to therapy helps, but what happens if you're not the depressed person? What happens if you're the the wife of the of the depressed person, or the husband of the depressed person, or the brother or the sister or the cousin or whoever the the, the parent? What if your kid's depressed, right? What if you have 
adult kids and they're depressed. I've had people come to me for that, that their, their adult children are not um, doing what they need to do to get better. And they needed help to process what could they do. And the long and the short of it is, is that there's not much that they could do to change that person's depression. But it's there. there's things that you can do to change your view of the depression and to, and to change your interactions with a depressed person. So a few things that we could do is I always encourage people to learn as much as you can about the illness, whatever the illness is. So if someone's suffering from, from leukemia, what's the, what can you learn about leukemia, right? If someone's suffering from, if someone's suffering from, from depression, what can you learn about depression? So read up on that, read up on uh, the causes, uh, read up on the treatments, the options out there, read up on who's helping treat it in the community. But one of the things you have to do is you have to set boundaries for for that person, right? So if 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 your boundaries are allowing them to continue the same lifestyle and they have no option or they have no reason to get better, they may not. So for example, if, if you do everything for them because they refuse to get up and go eat, or if they refuse to go take a shower, or if they refuse to go outside and try to get some fresh air um, or get some sunlight or anything like that, and and you just cater to that, maybe that's where we start is how do you set boundaries for yourself uh, and for them in order for not to have that happen in your in your house. So it's not healthy to do that. Uh, plus, it puts too much pressure on you, right? It puts a lot of pressure on you to to be that 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 person all the time that's catering to that whoever that person is in your life that's depressed so what you want to do is try to find another circle of friends right i'm not saying abandon the person but you need an outlet yourself and that's why the therapy could be helpful for you because it'll give you that outlet but it also go find some friends go find some activities that you enjoy doing that that you can do without that person now if they want to come along I'd say bring them along, but bring them along in the, in the aspect that, that they are going to join you in the activity in an effort to make, help themselves, not necessarily just be there to, to weigh you down. And it's the same thing over and over and over. Ask what they need, right? A lot of times when we have family members and, and, and friends that um, are depressed or have other things going on, we want to do things for them. So we, we do things the way we would like them done for us. A lot of times it's kind of, it, and we can talk about this in another episode. It's kind of going about like the love languages that, uh, Dr. Gary Chatner writes about. So we do things for them the way we want it. And we don't always ask them what they need. So for me, right. When, when my wife is sick, right. She, instead of me asking her, Hey, what do you need? Um, a lot of times I'll just start doing things for her. I'll bring her food. I'll bring her this. I'll bring her that. I'll, I'll, I'll ask her, um, you know, here's a movie for you, whatever. Instead of just sometimes saying, um, Hey, what do you need? And nine times out of 10, my wife, she just needs me to lay down next to her and, uh, give her a hug and she will feel better. So that's a direct way of getting it is, is saying, Hey, what exactly do you need? Uh, because if you don't ask them what they need, they may not just come out and tell you, Hey, I need to, I need a hug. I need, I need you to sit down next to me. I need you to turn the music down or whatever. I need you to turn the music up, whatever. 
So ask them what they need. Don't try to solve their problem for them, though, because it's not going to work, right? If you try to solve their problem, it, it just doesn't work. People have to change themselves. People, all change is self-change. And, and I say that a lot in session, but it's true. All change is self-change. So it doesn't matter what someone tells me or what someone does for me. They're not going to make me lose weight, right? They're not going to make me change my diet. They're not going to make me decide one day that I will get more sleep, whatever. I have to do that myself. And same thing for you. If you're listening and you know this, you know, <laughs> everyone is an expert in their own life, right? And that's, that's, that's the premise that I, that I use when I come into therapy is that everyone is an expert in their own life. Everyone knows themselves better than other people know them. Even though we have people in our lives that say, I know you better than you know yourself. That's just a, that's just a phrase, right? It's not necessarily reality because most people know themselves and they're the expert in their own life. Now there's changes that happen in life. And, and then we, we start to think that we don't know ourselves anymore, but you know yourself, you know yourself better than any professional is going to know you. So you just need some time to, to, to talk through the issues that you're having. And then you need to, maybe they can reflect it for you. Maybe they can help you understand what it is that you're saying or, or phrase it differently. So when you hear it back, it makes more sense to you. So same thing with your family. You can't cure them. You can't cure their depression. You can't cure their, their blues. You can't cure their grief. Uh, offer help with some practical things though. I mean, you could, you know, when, when you ask them, what do they need? And, and they say, um, they say, I need this X, Y, and Z, right? I need you to go to the grocery store for me so I could start to eat better, right? I just need you to, to help me get me started. Okay, fine. That's a practical thing because depression can get overwhelming for everyday little tasks sometimes. So, if it's if it's getting the kids dressed for school, so if you have kids together, and and one person or the one person in the relationship is um, depressed, and their responsibility is to get the kids dressed in the morning for the younger kids, maybe that's the thing that you can help them with. Okay, I'll get the kids dressed. I'll make the I'll do the grocery shopping. I'll do the laundry, whatever. Um, and then in my house, it's a it's a it's a it's a shared responsibility. My 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 daughter's old enough to to help. Uh, cook and clean and my son's old enough to help clean and 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 i love to cook i mean that's 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 something that i do 99 percent of the time is i do most of the cooking just because i'm i enjoy cooking but we need to help the other person when they need the help if 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 for example i got depressed and, and i do 99 percent of the cooking somebody needs to step up for me because if i can't do it either they're not going to eat or they're um they're going to be eating like bologna sandwiches or something because they need to step up. And so that would be that would be something that you could do for your family is step up and and help them do that kind of stuff. Uh, help get them outside. So encourage them. Hey, let's go. Let's go take a walk outside. Let's go get some sunshine. Because as we know, when we get sunshine and we have vitamin D, uh, it increases our mood. It elevates our mood a little bit. And, and maybe we can that can be the push that we need. That can be the 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 one thing that that we need to do. But at the end of the day, it comes down to setting the boundary. It comes down to ensuring that that you're not enabling them as the caregiver. 
right? So many people become their, their spouse's caregivers, and it's not necessarily a good place to be at because, in my opinion, at least, this is just my opinion, but I don't think it's a good place to be at because you lose the connection between husband and wife um, or, or, or partner and partner, you know, if you're, if you're in a, in the same sex relationship, partner and partner, instead of, instead of the, the, instead of having that relationship, now you have a, a caregiver, a patient type of relationship and the dynamics change. So when the dynamics change, uh, it, it, it can change the feelings. It can change the, the understanding of the relationship and, and it, it just takes you down a whole different road. That's that's why for especially for VA for vets um, and many of you who are listening um, could have the situation right now where if if you're the vet and you are um, disabled enough, hundred percent disabled, and you have a uh, a caregiver who is your spouse uh, because the VA incentivizes that right. They 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 give the spouse some some uh, compensation for that. I always encourage vets to really consider all the options out there before they choose to have the 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 spouse be the the caretaker because it changes that dynamics and 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 then they almost become an employee, right? Because they're getting paid to take care of you, and it changes it changes the relationship. And I've seen many of relationships uh, get so burdened and saddled down by a veteran being injured or being sick and having his spouse, uh, usually it's men, usually it's males, having their spouse take care of them and becoming their caretakers and getting paid to do it, getting paid to take them to appointments, getting paid to, to help them run the house. And I get it. They need the help. I'm not, I'm not um, saying that they don't need the help, but I'm saying that if, if the VA is going to pay someone, let them pay someone that's not your wife because, um, yeah, the money might be helpful to you, but what does it do to the relationship? What, how does it change your relationship? And so um, that's, to me, I, I wouldn't want my wife being my caretaker. If I haven't needed it, I would, I would bring in a nurse or bring in somebody else because I would want my wife to be the supportive person and not, not the person that I'm looking at as, well, it's your responsibility to take care of me. So that's where it switches from husband and wife to it switches to um to an open employee because they're being paid for it. Now I'm not saying that you don't take care of your spouses. I mean we all do that. But when they're being paid for it and, and it's their job and the VA wants to make sure that they're doing that. So if you have any issues and they say, hey, you know, well that's your the caretaker's job, no, it changes the dynamic. So I would just suggest not doing that. But anyway, getting back on on this on this um taking care of yourself right? For when you have someone in your household that is depressed or sick, uh, getting some exercise, you ha- that, that's, that's important to do that. Um, riding the bike or whatever, you know, get on the elliptical, whatever you got to do, go outside and um, getting eight hours of sleep, seven or eight hours of sleep. A lot of us, especially a lot of us vets, we don't sleep very much. And, and I've, uh, I, I've been up many times this past week at 3.30 in the morning, just tossing and turning and then finally getting out of bed and just taking a shower and going to get some coffee because um, insomnia kicks in. But getting sleep can help with with your self-care regimen, exploring new skills. And so that's that's what this is about, right? This podcast is a totally new skill for me. Um, I, I've always listened to radio um, as a kid, but and I listen to radio, a lot of talk radio now, but I never thought that, that I'd be broadcasting anything. Um, so this is a new skill. So grab a new skill. Uh, cooking classes or whatever, uh, join a book club, 
going back to school. If 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 you're trying to trying to get out of the house and 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 help yourself, go go back to school. Go do something else. Uh, join a support group. That's that's the big thing there. You can join a group. You don't have to do individual counseling. You can join a group that for caregivers or for people that have uh, family members in their life who are depressed. And so it's a it's all about getting support. And that's what this whole podcast is about. And we're going a little long today, longer than we we're, we're used to going. I guess um guess I'm getting pretty decent at this at this podcast thing. Um, either that or I'm fooling my damn self. One of the two. But other things that can help is encouraging them, whoever them them are right encouraging them your your loved ones your family members if you're depressed one you might not want to be drinking right that i mean that's they go hand in hand you know sometimes they drink because they they're uh they're lonely and then they're lonely because they drink so uh and i think that's from a song i heard recently encourage them not to drink and, and if you're taking care of them don't go buy the shit don't go buy the alcohol and if that's what it takes to get them out the door, is to they, they want their alcohol, then then maybe that will get them out the door, and, and then maybe that's a different issue that we got to talk about later. But not not giving into unproductive behaviors like that, you know, that's that's going to be it's going to be better for the relationship. So come to important, you know, come to important dates in your life. You you want to you you want to celebrate those still, you know, just because they're depressed. You want to help them celebrate some of those birthdays and anniversaries and. And and trying, you know, doing what you can, but not doing it for them. And that's the whole message behind today. Celebrate with them while they're here, because, you know, if, if it does turn to grief one day, um, you want to be able to say, I, I've done everything I can and we've made good progress in our life. We, we've had a great relationship. I can be OK with that. And so when you are going through that process of back to grief and back to trying to accept it again. If you were able to say we had the best life we can have, that's going to be the important part. And by doing that, you're going to be in a better position than saying, "Well, we have all these regrets because we didn't, um, we didn't, we didn't live because this person had this going on, and and we didn't try something differently. We we both sunk into the depression instead of one of us getting out of it." and and changing changing the patterns in our life so i encourage you to reach out to someone if you are feeling these symptoms of depression or if you are grieving or if you know someone who is depressed or grieving encourage them to see someone encourage them to, to reach out to family and friends and professionals and just remember at the end of the day you can't change that they have to change it and same thing for you no one can change you so I have these little cards that I give people at my office that says, if you keep doing what you're doing, you keep getting what you're getting. And what it means is good or bad. If you do the same thing, you're going to get the same result over and over and over. And that's that's what we describe as insanity, right? I want to thank you for listening to me. Hopefully you listened to the entire thing. Uh, the message that the colonel has today is the colonel wants everybody to know that the colonel has a store now and it's online. And the colonel is selling his merchandise. That that son of a bitch. He's selling his merchandise, and uh, his his he, he he's getting famous, I guess. And people are buying it. So uh, if you want to get to the store, you could go. It's online, and um, you can go to the Freedom Within LLC Facebook page, and there's a link to the store there. The store is coming from. Uh, it's called Teespring. That's where the store is at. There's links on the Facebook page though to get there. And uh, if you want to go buy something from the Colonel, 
Uh, he has his face on hats. Well, he doesn't have it on a hat yet. He has his face on on sweatshirts and, and T-shirts and uh, phone cases. So if you got an Android or Apple phone, you can get a phone case with the Colonel's face on it. It's a Talking with Tigglesworth uh, phone case. And it's a Talking with Tigglesworth shirt and uh, blankets and pillows and all kinds of stuff. So if you want to get your own little piece of Talking with Tigglesworth, it's available. And uh, the Colonel would really appreciate it. So I know I got a bunch of shit coming in this week from the Colonel. He uh, His face is going to be all over stuff in my house. I mean, we got sweatshirts coming in and we got phone cases coming in. We got tote bags coming in and uh, face masks and and uh, gator necks. It, you know, we used to use a lot of gator necks in the military. So we got all that on there. So if you want to go order something from the Colonel, go ahead and do that. Go to my Facebook page, uh, Freedom Within LLC. Look on it as a link to the to the store to get your own merchandise from the colonel so i want to thank you again for listening take care of yourselves ensure that you are doing the best self-care that you can do and know that you can't change other people you can only change yourself thank you have a great day y'all have a good day now we'll be